0: We have 1,700 people at our company. That's 1,700 different opinions, needs, journeys. So at Getty Images, we create and we measure and we monitor engagement opportunities to strengthen a work culture where people belong and they can do their best work.
1: Don't conduct your
0: analysis in
1: isolation because data is so incredibly powerful.
0: Not defending
1: just the tribe, but defending the organization.
0: Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking.
1: A good experience pays dividends down the line.
0: Stereotypes tend to break down in
1: proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. This is Ben Eubanks. I'm so glad that you're here with me for the episode today. I am really pumped to share with you a recent conversation that was featured in the 2023 HR Summer School live event that we host every summer. So if you've never learned about that, understood what that is, you've heard me mention it maybe here on the podcast in the past, but you haven't dove in, hrsummerschool.org is where you can get the details. I'll make sure to put the link into the show notes so you can check it out. You're going to hear me talk to Marie Potter. She is with Getty Images, and we're going to talk about how they gather data on what their people need from them, that's a workforce, and how they respond to that, how they take action on those insights. It's a great conversation. Thank you to the team at Quantum Workplace for making the connection here. It's just a blast to talk to Marie. She's a lot of fun. You'll hear her personality come out pretty quickly. I love some of the metaphors that they use at Getty to talk about supporting their people, like zoom in, zoom out. That's an image reference, and it's what they do as a business. I love those alignments with the company's culture, who they are, and how that seeps into the verbiage and the actions they take every single day. So without further ado, let's dive into the conversation here with Marie Potter. Hey everyone, welcome. I was telling our guest here that even before we started recording, we're already like laughing and chatting it up and having a good time. So it's gonna be even better for all of you. So excited to be here with all of you, looking forward to a great conversation here with Marie. So we're gonna talk about some things like how to go from gathering insights about our people to really taking action on them and some other things in that space. But before we get to that, really quickly, thank you to the team at Quantum Workplace for putting us in touch. I'm so thankful for them find a new friend in the space. And before we get any farther, Marie, would you take a second and talk to us a little bit more about who you are and what you do so you can give us some grounding before we dive into the good stuff?
0: Awesome. I can. Ben, yes, we were having quite a bit of fun right before you hit record. I'm really glad to be here with you today. My name is Marie Potter. I'm Senior Director of Culture and Development at Getty Images. I am working out of my home in Arizona. I used to be located in Seattle, but with a hybrid working world, my family was able to move a couple years ago. And what do I do day to day besides being a mom, which Ben and I are both parents. We shared some fun stories about that earlier. My team at Getty Images is responsible for championing the experience, engagement, connection, and development of employees enterprise-wide. We're part of the human resources team, and we specifically focus on learning and development, diversity and inclusion, and people analytics. We like to say we help shape and tell the story of our people, which is very symbiotic because I work for Getty Images. With our Move the World mission, we fuel visual storytelling. It just works. It goes well together.
1: That is a ton of fun. Goodness. Again, I want to ask you 15 follow-ups to that one because I think that's just <laughs> get that really well ironed out. But one of the things I want, to, I want to kick off with is I see in your bio, I did some digging, right? The obligatory stalking before you come alongside me for the session. One of the things that I see is you've had this role that's focused on culture for a while now. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear from you as you're talking about like you're the champions of this and really communicating this and protecting this, honestly, probably in the business. What is culture media? First
0: of all, it is so fun to have the word culture in your team's title and have that be part of our identity. And what is culture? Culture means we're fostering experiences that are rich. They're rich in learning, well-being, engagement, curiosity. When we talk about Getty Images content, we often talk about authenticity, representation, embracing change. And it's nice because, again, that symbiotic relationship of attributing these things to our company culture. Breaking it down, too, and how we talk about it as a company, we're very big on define your words. So take time to define what culture means, how we demonstrate it, how we live it, and then set the seeds so that people continue to grow within that culture. So I'll tell you really quick, our culture rests on three things, their principles, our leadership principles, our flexible work principles, and our operating principles. So in order, these guide us on how we come together to do our work, They're the parameters for balancing personal needs and company needs, and they're an articulation of the preferences that guide our decision-making, which includes things like resource allocation and staffing. They also help eliminate hierarchy because we focus on employee empowerment, the principles that discernment, good judgment, good decision-making is part of that, and go forth and do your roles, do your work, do the best that you can using these things, leaning on these principles. They're not hard and fast rules, or else I think they would be policies. That's not what we call them. They aren't also excuses. Oh, should have, could have, would have done that. This operating principle told us maybe we shouldn't. They're not that. They're actually like the steer, the rudder. They steer the ship in the right direction. So at the very start of any journey. So I would say culture, if I were to sum it up and be a lot more brief, I would say it's a continual journey.
1: I enjoyed that so much one of the things I've really tried to do over the years is make this very visible very tangible yeah. because we can talk about oh that's our that's really hard for people to wrap their minds around though and they're like I think I'm acting in the right direction but I don't know for sure someone's got to tell where the guardrails are and for you to say yeah. this this is the behavior we're looking for this is what it looks yes. like to be right have in- integrity to be yeah. you know, focused on xyz whatever so I really well, appreciate that
0: It's the key to like being specific, setting expectations. So Ben, if you were in my LinkedIn profile, you'll probably see that one of my hallmarks is I was a camp counselor. I was since I was 15 years old. I worked at an outdoor education camp. I volunteered at a summer camp, did that throughout all kind of like the professional landscape world. And the thing I learned at a very young age, because I was working with kids, this applies to adults too is that you set clear expectations, clarity, communication. Here's what we're going to do. Here's why we're going to do it. Do you have any questions? What do I expect of you as we go through this? And if we can sometimes go back to the basics of what humans need, which I think, We can go back to my camp counselor days or anything. If anyone's been a teacher in their past, they'll know this, but you take those basics and you amplify them for your expectations for an adult working world. And it's, it very much works. It very much gels. And also I think kids want to be treated like adults too. And so I think expectations, clarity, communication, all that goes hand in hand.
1: Fellow camp counselor over here, by the way. Yes. I had a
0: feeling you would have been.
1: Yes. I've always got something fun for the kids. Like I'll have a little game for them to do that while they're standing in line or I walk my hands just to show off for them, get them excited. So I've all kinds of fun stuff in my repertoire to, to keep the kids occupied, keep them from losing their minds in lunch line or all that crazy stuff. So fine. Awesome. That is, again, I told you like we're long lost best friends and just didn't do it. I love it. One of the things that draws in probably lots of the people here listening in is that we get into HR because we love the policies. No, I'm just kidding. We get into HR (laughs) because we want to have the opportunity to touch a lot of lives. We want to impact people positively, help them find the career fit for them, help them eliminate the obstacles that are keeping them from having their best work. And I'd love to hear from you. The difficulty of that though is we're focused, we're heads down, we're keeping things moving along. We don't always pull back to see what kind of impact we're having more broadly. We don't always stop to say, hey, wait a minute, I did influence that positively or that person is in a better place because I was here any thoughts around that, any recommendations around that, how we can do that more intentionally or how the people listening in can take that breath, slow down and actually smell the flowers. I don't know. There's probably a fun like imagery tie in here. (laughs) If I had thought a little bit more, I could come up with an image tie in for the the background. Actually
0: I've got a good tie in and it's something that I once asked, we had an external coach. She was coming in and talking with my team about how to be better coaching partners and the work that we do. And I asked her once like, how do I do this as a leader? And she said, one of the best things that you can do is have a zoom in and zoom out approach. She shared with me an article. And the premise of that article was that the best leaders know when to focus in and when to pull back. I thought that was brilliant. And I I try to apply that every day because with that zoom in, zoom out ability, I'm able to take things such as I mentioned our operating principles and use them as an overlay to help me understand where I and my team should focus, how to be discerning with our time, how to design for impact. Part of that understanding is knowing your what and your why behind all the work that you can do. When you name it, you can claim it, you can make it happen. Another part of this, I think, is having an The zoom in, zoom out part is having a really comprehensive and multifaceted listening strategy to start. So at Getty Images, we create and we measure and we monitor engagement opportunities to strengthen a work culture where people belong and they can do their best work. So we prioritize listening to employee feedback through our biannual engagement survey and shout out because we use Quantum Workplace as our platform. So I'm so glad that they connected us because we have been friends with them for many years. It's been a longstanding, really integral relationship actually, because their work, their platform, their advice, their insights help us ourselves garner our own insights and it helps us be accountable for how employees are doing. We include items. I like specifics. I'll give you specifics. So we ask items around culture, culture. Management effectiveness, confidence in the business, employee connectivity and collaboration, which I can talk about a little bit more too, belonging and well being. We also use the platform to understand year over year trending data, as well as industry benchmarks. So it's been incredibly beneficial to partner with Quantum Work and, and have that access to their platform and their research. I love their tagline it's make work better every day, which I'm like, Preach, put on a t-shirt, which I think they have, but I love that one. It's aspirational. And it's also important to have a multi-dimensional listening strategy. So you have your engagement survey, but we also have open forums. We have DNI specifically focused global open sessions. We talk with our employees too, and we have groups of employees. So there's employee-led employee resource groups or affinity groups. We also have communities of practice, which are also called guilds. We have high potential programs. So we tap into the alum and current cohort members of that program. And we have a global advisory committee as well. So a lot of it it's around sometimes survey data, sometimes it's conversations. It's that ebb and flow, that zoom in and zoom out on that individual and collective experience. And I think that listening strategy helps us look very broadly and very closely and helps us understand where we should be going. And I talk, I can give you even more examples, but hey, yeah, you probably have gonna... another question for me too. No, no, it's okay.
1: <laughs> I'm over here trying to keep track of all of the like the zoom in, zoom out. I love the principle there because. We have the ability to do that. Every single one of us has yeah. the ability to pause for a second and zoom out. And so there was a good imagery like piece. Yeah, of, I knew it. It was Kevin.
0: Always have an analogy. Usually they food analogies that I have. So I'm surprised that, but I used a lens. That was really good.
1: I know. I think that was completely <laughs> appropriate and I'm very pleasantly surprised by that one. So the other one you threw out there was like name it and claim it and mm-hmm. really saying, I, I just love the, you're putting some of these things out there I, for the people here they're assembled here. I know them well. They're like, oh, I like the little snippets like that where it's something memorable, and easy to pick up on, something that's a good tip or piece of advice. So that's always fun for me to see those things coming through. I try to capture them because <laughs> it's like, I need my, own, my own, like dictionary of all the good stuff that we're sharing there. Okay. So I love hearing about the employee listening strategy. You're talking about these different facets of that. It's not just saying, okay, the survey is done. Whew, we'll check again next year and see what everybody is worried about. But no, there's a lot of different pieces, different ways, different approaches, different Someone may say there's something different in this forum around other employees mm-hmm. versus than they would answer in a survey. Right? Or yeah. We can't ask this kind of question there because it's way too broad. We won't exactly. get good answers. So I love that you're taking this very layered and methodical approach to that because data nerd, okay, admittedly. But the only reason I love data is because it helps us illuminate how we can serve our people better. And that, yes. that excites me on so many levels to be able to really
0: The data that. keeps us but honest. It really does. Mm-hmm. And the data keeps us focused and it helps us debunk assumptions and myths. And I think too often we, I, and I lo- I trust my gut. I, I, ha- I get a feeling about something and I want to go with it, but I realize my feelings can sometimes be marred by history or emotion. And so data helps again, put your feet on the ground, keep you balanced and give you a true sense of what's going on. And so I am also a fan of data, Ben, which is probably a good thing that I work with our people analytics team as well.
1: All right. I'm going to throw one more, like I'll give you a, I'll return your great like analogies. I'll give you one really quickly, a little one liner. And then I'm going to ask you another question about the biggest problem and challenge. Again, the audience you're listening in has asked this question before when it comes to some of these things we're talking about, like employee listening. So the thing I'll throw out there for you is a friend who I've made, she actually works for ARP on the research team. And one of the things she told me is stereotypes Break down in proximity. So we think we may know something. Like we go with our gut, or we like, oh, it's always been this way, so it's probably that way. Mm-hmm. We get in proximity to our people, and we get a chance to listen to specifically what they're talking about. All those things fall apart. All the stereotypes come away and we get to see really what's going on there and understand. So yeah. stereotypes break yeah. down the Pull back
0: the curtain. That was a cool. And what did I use this in a meeting earlier today? I was like, let's scratch below the surface. I know they're phrases, right? They're catchphrases in a way, but then you go in and you actually talk about what that looks like for your organization, for your team, for the work you're doing. And it gets you to a common starting point to, like you said, break down the stereotypes.
1: I love yeah. it. Too. All right. So for everyone listening in, probably someone might've even commented this already in the session, but saying, Okay. That's all great, Marie. We should just ask some questions. We could do some service, things like that. But what if people say things that we're not sure we can fix or if people raise issues Uh that we're uncomfortable with, or they bring the same thing up year after year and we're not addressing it. What's the answer to that? So I'd love to hear what advice you'd give because obviously y'all are asking a lot of questions you do, unless you're very unique, you don't have an unlimited budget, unlimited people, resources. If you've got to limit it somewhere, how do you balance that out and say, we want to know these, but we also have to be realistic about what we can accomplish
0: straight up, it is totally true. You cannot solve for every (laughs) unique and varied need of the individuals. We have 1,700 people at our company. That's 1,700 different opinions, needs, journeys. I can't solve for my two children's unique needs all the time. And so I think we have to give ourselves first that, remember Ben, you said earlier, like breathe, give ourselves some grace, and also be transparent to your employees. Say, hey, we're sending out this survey or we want to hear your feedback because we need to look at the patterns, look at the collective experience. We're genuinely curious and we care and we want to be transparent. We might not be able to act on every single request, but we sure will look at those patterns and look at the data and look what you're telling us and figure out what we can do that's reasonable, that's authentic to us, that honors our principles and that helps us keep moving forward. I always say the survey is not a suggestion box where you drop it in and you open up the card and you have to do everything it says. I don't even think any company does that. But first of all, start with that baseline reality check and be clear on that with folks. I'll give you this specific example. I mentioned connectivity and collaboration earlier. Um, In our recent years, our engagement survey revealed that employees were feeling less connected and with each other. And We're a global company, so we've always worked Worked in this kind of global time zone varied experience, but we went from mostly an in office working world to still global yet hybrid working world, which I love. I love that for productivity reasons. I love that for trust in your employee workforce. Um, but we knew connectivity that was a thing. Our employees said it was a thing we have to work on this. So we watched and we listened and we learned, we surveyed and we had focus groups and and we collected that and we took our time and we took action. And so what we ended up doing was producing an all company commitment on employee connectivity. And I'll paraphrase it for you here. It's where employees feel connected to and they can contribute to our mission and goals. It means a basis and a network to access the right person at the right time, to share and give knowledge, to build understanding, to further inclusion. And solve problems. And being committed to that culture of connectivity was independent of employees' physical working election and location. So we named it, right? We owned it. This is what employee connectivity means to us. And then we started actioning against that, right? Against that definition. We made that definition a reality. We now have more in in very specific and integral experience for our new hires during global new hire onboarding, where we talk about connectivity. We have employee resource groups communities of practice, I've mentioned those. We created just a building connections resource page with a lot of links out to where folks could go. We have these donut, it's an app, but coffee chats, grab a donut, talk for 30 minutes, or not a real donut, but if you wanted to, that's cool too. We have a mentorship program. We have a high potential program. We focus on well-being and resourcing to that too. And we have those open discussions and forums. By the way, I will tell you, I have nine there's nine people on my culture development team. So I'm saying a lot, but we've actually really distributed the work well across the team. And we bring in our HR business partners. They're really great partners to us. We equip leaders. So while we may be the source of creation, dissemination, we are facilitating, we are showing up to things. We also have a whole bunch of folks helping, supporting from the employees to the HRBPs, to the leaders. And then You'll love this, Ben. We measure for impact, right? We get the data. We actually just did the engagement survey. We got the results back this month and we asked a question, new item. I am able to connect with coworkers to help me solve my business problems. First time we asked it and it was measuring what we've been doing. And over 83% of our employees were highly favorable to that. So I thought that was great. And you pair that with the fact that over 90% of our employees knew or know how their work contributes to our company's goals. All of that right there, it's connection to mission, connection to goals, connection to each other. So we know we are we're headed in the right direction and it all started with listening to our employees.
1: I love that so much. Again, I want to ask you 15 follow-ups to that to go deeper <laughs> and deeper, because I think for everybody listening in again, I want to make it very practical for them. I love that you've drawn out some of these, Hey, here's how we observe this problem. Here's how we took steps to rectify that. And now we're on the back end saying, okay, did it solve that to the degree we're comfortable with? Okay, is there still work to do there? How can we, I think that sort of approach is so valuable. I've been encouraging everyone here to be a little more willing to try, test, experiment. You had, you, you tried something you thought would solve the connection thing. But it might not have, and you can't yeah. say nothing's gonna oh, work now. Let's get We're not up. gonna
0: rest on yeah, the results yeah. we have. Actually, we should be restless in our work every day, striving to raise that bar. We d- we just now know we have some data that helps us understand. We have the feedback, and it validates what we're doing and what we need to shift. We talk at Getty Images about test and learn and iterate. And if anyone's hesitant approach it with that. Why don't we test and learn, see if this goes anywhere, see how this works. And then we'll iterate if it doesn't. And even if it does work, we could probably make it even better. And I think that that willingness to try is so important when you're in the HR profession.
1: Oh, I love that. I love the be restless too. I, there's so many good takeaways for me. I've taken a lot of notes here. Hopefully everyone else out there took some notes because this has been incredible. If not go back and watch the replay, you will not regret it. Marie, if someone wants to connect with you, can they reach out on LinkedIn? Can they follow you? All that good stuff there.
0: Absolutely. I don't know. I don't really have followers, but I have a LinkedIn profile. So, Hey, (laughs) I'll make sure and tag
1: you here in LinkedIn so they can reach out. If you
0: follow me, it's just going to go all the way around, but you know what? We're going to have fun. But yeah, find me on LinkedIn, reach out. I love specific conversations that talk about things that we can practically do and implement. I love talking about culture and I love the fact that we can listen to our employees and do things to just help make their experiences better. Happy to connect.
1: Wonderful. You've been such a wonderful guest. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. And thank you again to the team of Quantum. Y'all are wonderful. And we appreciate y'all for connecting me. I do personally, but I know the rest of the audience here does as well. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanshow.com.